Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today in Business from Wired. Presented by the Salvation Army. In a year with fewer red kettles, help rescue Christmas for the most vulnerable. To give, ask your smart speaker to make a donation to the Salvation Army. Or donate at SalvationArmyUSA.org. College? Going virtual means reaching young voters online. Good. More potential young voters are on social media than enrolled in college full-time. By Ricky Harris. In an ordinary election year, college campuses would be brimming with political energy by October. Civic nonprofits like Campus Vote Project would be sending representatives into classrooms across the country to encourage young people to vote. They'd set up tents in the middle of campus to help students navigate registration forms. But in this extremely non-ordinary election year, the quads have gone quiet. As students have moved online, so too have the civic groups, hoping to get them to the polls. Rather than intercepting students on campus, Campus Vote Project is creating TikToks and hoping the right hashtags will help them land in young people's feeds. Despite the pandemic, researchers and organizers say they're cautiously optimistic about the youth electorate, a demographic notorious for its low turnout rates. National Voter Registration Day, which this year essentially amounted to a digital blitz across news feeds, timelines, and inboxes, saw record levels of engagement from young people. By the end of September, registration among 18 to 24-year-olds already exceeded 2016 levels in most states with available data. Having to go mostly digital may have helped in some ways. Traditionally, youth voter registration efforts have focused on college campuses as centralized hubs of newly eligible voters. But even in normal times, most young people can't be found there. In 2018, less than half of all 18- to 24-year-olds in the U.S. were enrolled in college, with even lower percentages among Black and Hispanic youth. Meanwhile, more than 70% of that age group uses social media, like Facebook and Snapchat. 
Redirecting attention and resources to these platforms is allowing electoral engagement campaigns to reach a wider audience of young people. College Vote Project, for instance, used to geographically target social media ads for students in specific college towns. Now they're aiming their ads at all people under 30 in the states where they're active. Doing it this way will reach college youth who have been displaced as well as non-college youth, says Mike Burns, the nonprofit's national director. Since we've already made the content and we're already trying to put messaging out there to explain it to young people, it just made sense. There are plenty of reasons why a young person might not have the information they need to register or to vote. Campaigns tend to reach out to young people only episodically and usually target those who are already registered. Registering isn't always easy, and rules differ from state to state. And even in 2020, politics aren't discussed over dinner in every household. According to Abby Kisa, the director of impact at Tuft University Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement, Circle, it's young people without these relationships or existing networks who often slip through the cracks. But polling from the 2018 midterms shows that there is a way to reach the individuals who don't receive any traditional outreach. More than 25% of young people reported hearing about that election exclusively through social media. Snapchat, which is particularly popular among Gen Z, sees an opportunity this cycle to not only fill the void left by the lack of in-person voter drives, but to reach a more inclusive audience of young people. Since September, its users have been able to begin the registration process directly within the mobile app through TurboVote, a tool created by the nonpartisan organization Democracy Works. So far, Snapchat has helped register more than 1.1 million users to vote in this election, more than half of whom would be casting a ballot for the first time. When the political or nonprofit world focusing on young voters is thinking about the youth vote, they're usually speaking around college-educated young people in this country, says Sophia Gross, Snapchat's public policy manager. I think we also recognize our power in really reaching out to civic deserts, where people are not reached by political campaigns or civic nonprofits. Snapchat's long-term value, she adds, will be in providing those forgotten young people with outreach, community engagement, and the tools they need to mail in a ballot or get to the polls. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, for their part, have also launched prominent voter information hubs on their platforms for 2020. TikTok recently announced it would launch its own in-app guide to the election and partner with civic organizations like the Campus Vote Project and Ballot Ready to bring users reliable information. After a historic turnout in the 2018 midterms, there are some signs that 2020 could see significant numbers of young voters, even amid a pandemic. It's a high-stakes election with a historically unpopular incumbent in the White House, and a sweeping social justice movement has energized people across the board. Circle researchers are seeing unprecedented online activity around voting not only from campaigns and political organizations, but also celebrities, influencers, and other non-political actors. Gen Z also appears to be more politically active. More than a quarter of people ages 18 to 24 this year have reported participating in a march or demonstration, compared to just 5% leading up to the 2016 election. The confluence of people who are talking about voting right now is quite amazing, Kisa says. We've been working on this for a couple of decades now, and it's hard to think of a comparison. Digital outreach only goes so far, of course. For one thing, all of these online registration tools require more proactiveness from users than, say, being approached by someone who will then walk you through the process. They also require reliable internet access, something many Americans still lack. There are also complications to registering and voting brought on by the pandemic. Some college students, for example, 
have been put up in hotels by universities looking to expand living space, only to find that hotels aren't accepted as permanent addresses by their election officials. Others have been forced to move around as hotspots pop up. Some organizers fear COVID surges on campuses in the coming weeks could suddenly displace students just as general election voting gets underway, just as it did during the primaries. Many states, at least, have finally made it easier to register to vote from home, and the organizers working to resolve these unexpected obstacles are energized, according to Mike Ward, vice president of voter engagement at Democracy Works. So are the young people they're targeting, who continue to have their day-to-day lives upended by the pandemic. There's an interest like one I've never seen, and particularly among young people, Ward says. I'm sure some people won't vote this year because of challenges related to the pandemic, but I'm even more sure that tons of people are going to vote this year that might not have voted in other cycles because this election is so deeply felt by so many people. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.